Well, good morning. I'm Joel. It's good to be with you today. Good morning. morning. All right, making sure you're there. Um, It is good to be with you today. We are in a series, Restore. We already know that. Um, And looking at the opportunity for God to restore our individual lives, relationships, churches, and to see what God would do. He is faithful. He is a good God. He loves us, and we are fortunate to be his children. And so we're looking at a passage today, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to be able to explore what that really looks like. Now, let me give you a little bit of history here. These things are going to help you as we process some of the scripture today. I will remind you of some things taking place. Paul wrote this. It's the second trip to Ephesus. He wrote it to the church in what? There's a cheat there. First Corinthians, Corinth is in the word. Just trying to help you out here. When he went there, how long was he there? 18 months. We're getting better every week. All right. Rome helped to establish this roughly 46 years before Jesus Christ. Around 142-ish years before Christ, it had fallen apart, gone. Reestablished it 46 or so years before Christ. And here it becomes a significant trade route in which Rome is establishing it, becomes very wealthy, and we know one of the most prevalent issues that they had was just moral decay. Sexual immorality was rampant. We've talked about all the different temples and all the tros- prostitutes. Over a thousand would come down every night into the hill, uh, from the hills and just what they would do and the corruptness of that city. Now, whenever that happens, a civilization never lasts. There's nothing there. There's no more Corinth today. I mean, it's there. I was there a year and a half ago, but like, it just ruins I think we should make a church-wide field trip. Go check it out. Next, next Sunday, we leave 7 o'clock. Let's go. Um, we look at that, and it's not there anymore. Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but primarily because they bought so much into themselves. It's what happens in civilizations today. So that's what we're going to be able to talk about because now here's Paul writing to them. And even last week, he's like, man, don't you know, guys, you're quarreling and you're bickering. You're doing all these things and you're just losing track of what God can really be doing. Don't you know that you're God's building? That's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. Don't you know that, you want, that, that God wants to use you to do amazing things? Don't you get this? The, the fire is going to come. This is last week. The fire is going to come one day and it's going to reveal whether or not you are living for Christ or not. But please let that fire come and show that you love the Lord because right now you're only chasing selfish desire. This is everything that we we're walking through, right? They were building monuments to self rather than a life that was really establishing a monument to Christ, a picture of who he was. And they were building with the wrong things. They were building with According to last week, hay and straw, things that would burn rather than the gold and the silver and things that would last. Now, that's a hard evaluation for us already. We're already there. Hard eval. Where are we? Who are we? How does this need to look? And so then we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and this is what we're going to see. And I'm going to go ahead and tell some of this to you before we read Scripture today because I think it will help you understand what the Scripture is saying. We're going to have to evaluate ourselves today. And determine whether or not we will be found faithful before God. Our desire is to be found faithful. Everybody say found faithful. faithful. So that's what this is. 
We, have, we already know last week, 1 Corinthians 3, 9, other passages that talks about the foundation, what we're building. We have to determine if we're building a life of faith. And now this, is a, this can be considered a church word. And we can sometimes lose the significance of the meaning of faith. But here's what faith is. Faith is relying so much. Like you, deter- you determine, you decide. I have so much faith in who God is, so much faith in the word of God and who Christ is that he has done everything that he would promise to do and he will continue to be that way. He is never changing. And I look at that and I go, wow, I have faith in him. That means I have greater faith in Jesus than anything else. And as a result of that, all other aspects, all of the components of my life are secondary. Everything else. So he's saying, won't you make sure that you're building the right thing? That's what this is. So we're going to be able to walk through this. We're going to even learn how do we know if we're building a life that will be found faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. Will you please stand for the reading of the word of God? I've got sentences underlined later in this passage for you to read. I started with individual words so that you can warm up. (laughs) This is how one should regard us as Servants. servants. So, this is how someone should think of you. When you go home this afternoon, when you go home tomorrow, when you go to work, whenever, whatever you're doing, school, it doesn't matter. If you're, it does not matter. Whatever you're doing, this is how someone should think of you. As servants of Christ. Like right away, conviction. Like when someone thinks of you, they shouldn't think about anything prior to thinking, they're a servant of Christ. As servants of Christ and of the mysteries of God. First thing they go, man, they're going to think about me. They're going to go servant steward, servant steward. That's fantastic. That's who I am. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. This is the result. This is what ends up happening is that we can be found faithful because we are servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time before the Lord comes. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that in favor of one against another, for who sees anything different in you? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? This is the word of God. You may be seated. So here he is. Our desire, I'm going to unpack this three sections, okay? One through, verses one and two, three through five, six through seven. And it's all about how we can be found faithful. 
I say it a lot because some people are like, I don't like, I didn't understand exactly what you're saying. Friends, I know that the majority of people here are believers, so I'm preaching primarily to believers. That's the, the corporate, the, the coming together of the body of Christ to worship and to magnify and to attest to who he is. So our goal is to be found faithful. And we want to build our life upon that. And here's one of the things that we immediately are questioned uh, with is, are we building on the authority of self or of Christ? That's what it is to be a servant. If you're a servant, you're giving authority. If you're a servant of Christ, what it does, it, it implies ownership. I am owned by God. That's, we, we will speak about how opinion, preferences, be careful with that. I don't really care about it too much. I care about God because God owns me. We don't like saying that. We want to be our own self. You can't tell me what to do. You ever had a kid look at you like you're like, hey, you need to clean the dishes. And they look at you and say, you can't tell me what to do. Has that ever happened? That somebody just said just once. <laughs> you can't say that kind of thing today. <laughs> Every time I say something like that, I'm always like, I'm so sorry. You can't say that kind of thing today just once. All right? But because it's a posture that we have. We don't want people to, to speak and say, hey, listen, you can't tell me what to do because we want ownership of ourselves rather than surrendering that ownership to Christ. That's what it is to be a servant of Christ. But it also means, right, to be a good steward of the mysteries of God. It's an interesting word to think about, a servant of Christ, but then a steward of the mystery of God. I don't know if there are many of us who desire to go, man, I woke up today and I thought to myself, I want everybody to see me as a good steward. But it's, it's being a good steward of anything is how you choose to manage and handle the responsibility, whether it be of the wealth that God has put into your life that you're stewarding over, or whether it be of your time, your energy, where you give habits, how are you stewarding the responsibilities that you have in your job or with school or anything like that? Are you stewarding it well? I think about that often with what I do here. I go, I want to steward it in a way that is Christ-honoring, Christ-exalting. And we know that we're going to fail at times. We know we're going to mess up, but we have a God of grace. Amen. But if you want to have a healthy, firm foundation and be found faithful, one of the things that you need to make sure that you do is you need to have the proper identity. And your identity needs to be that as a servant of Christ and a steward of the mysteries of God. That's how people should think of you. It'll, you know what? It'll actually feel, if this has not been your life, it can feel awkward at first. Like some of us, we are, we are viewed in a very certain way by our friends and our family. And all of a sudden, one of the things that can hinder us from growing in Christ is it feels weird. It can feel awkward to all of a sudden have people looking at us differently. To, to, to learn a new identity in Christ, to be a servant of Christ, a steward of the mysteries of God. Right? A mystery in Scripture is a previously hidden truth that's now been divinely revealed to us, and we know that. And so because of the revealing of, of Christ and the Holy Spirit in our lives, we're like, wow, I need to steward that well. Would people look at you and go, wow, you've been given this amazing thing. You know who the Messiah is. Would I look at you and say, you're stewarding that so well Tuesday morning? You're handling that responsibility with such 
dignity and character and integrity that I would just be dumbfounded by how you're handling it. Why? Because 1 Corinthians 9.19, now we'll get into this in a few months or a couple months, but 1 Corinthians 9.19 says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. I know that I can technically do whatever I want, but I choose not to do what I want because I want to be found faithful to Christ because I'm so overwhelmed by what he does. I choose to surrender my life to him. So my preferences and my opinions don't matter anymore. I want thy will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the right messaging. So is that the identity that you're carrying with other people? It reminds me of Matthew 20, 25 through 28, right? Matthew 20, 25 through uh, 28, it's a parable of the servants. And all of a sudden, here comes this landowner and he gives some of his servants different amounts of money. Maybe you know this. And he goes away and he comes back. And some of them, actually, they were not very good stewards. They took what they had and they buried it in the backyard. They did nothing with it. If you're doing nothing with the fact that you claim to know who the Messiah of the universe is, of the world is, and you're doing nothing with it, you're not being a very good steward. And so your identity is not as a servant of Christ. It's not as a steward of the mystery of God. Your identity is something different. You must evaluate how are you stewarding the fact that you are a child of God. I feel like I could just end right there. Anybody ready for worship? I'm not. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Servant, steward, identity. You need to know what it is. And I understand that being a steward, a servant can be outside of your comfort zone. And one of the greatest threats to being a servant of Christ is valuing the opinions of others more than those of God. Now, this is going to be a transition piece for us in just a second. But the gospel can change lives. And we need to know if we're stewarding it well. And we do understand that sometimes we don't want to be considered a servant of Christ because we've given too much value to the opinions of others. That's the next portion of Scripture. Because not only are we to build a life that is found faithful through our identity, but we are to build a life that is considered to found faithful by the evaluation of our lives. And you're like, oh, that's a unique one. That's a, that's a bit different than what I would normally hear. Why is that? Well, let's listen to the Word of God. So when we look at this, give me one moment because I lost my place here. So when we look at this passage, it says, Hey, this is how others should regard us. They should think of us as servants of Christ, stewards of the mystery of God. Why? Because we want to be found faithful. And because we want to be found faithful, that's my identity. It's the first thing it says. This is not hard. And then he says, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you. It's so small. I'm, that I should be judged by you or, other, or any human court? I don't even judge myself. So there it is. That's the evaluation. Friends, there's three ways that we typically evaluate ourselves. It's evaluation of others, evaluation of self, or evaluation of Christ. So this is, I'm telling you, if you write this stuff down, it sinks in more. And all of a sudden you're like, you're going to wake up on Wednesday morning and you're going to go, I'm evaluating myself by the wrong standards right now. Greatest evaluations that we have, evaluation of others, evaluation of self, evaluation of Christ. He's like, who should I 
Who can I be if I want to be found faithful in my identity as a servant, as a good steward of the mystery of God, if my evaluation is determined by the world, by others, by human court? Human court isn't going to evaluate whether or not I'm faithful to God. So he's going to call this out so clearly. And he's going to let them know that we have the responsibility of evaluating ourselves by looking at the word of God at Christ, not others or even ourselves. Right. Other, we know how the world is. Listen, th- this is something I, I just I want to take people and I kind of want to shake us a little bit. Because our evaluation is often determined by what other people think of us. We know that. And yet we know that the way other people think of us and the way that other people evaluate us, it shifts and it changes. Even within my life period and my lifespan, I I look at how many different things have changed and how people will look at even, I I was looking at some pictures where we recently uh, made a move and in making that move, we found pictures of when I first started preaching and my kids start looking at the things I wore. I used to wear a suit and a robe every Sunday. And they're like, don't ever do that again, dad. Right? Because things change, and that's not happening. Um, but I look at that, I go, wow. And even we know that vehicles have changed. Remember, do you remember like, when minivans first came out? Hideous. But now they're kind of sexy. <laughs> Especially, I'm tr- listen, I know my audience, I'm trying to make you feel good. Based on the evaluation of somebody else. Especially if you consider, do you remember those giant, I mean, they were just stretched, big bubble station wagon, like a Chevy, I don't know if a Capri something, I don't know what it was. Like you could, we could all worship in there together. <laughs> Horrible. But it's because we keep changing as a society and the evaluation of others keeps shifting. And now even, like I thought these are normal pants, they just fit. And yet now they brought back the things. Now they're skinny on top and then they flare out as like a dress knee down. Like, right? You know what I'm talking about? I'm, that's so cool if you're wearing them. I, I'm like, yay, not going to happen. <laughs> and we keep shifting and changing and altering according to what other people think. The evaluation of others will lead you to a place of despair. If you wake up and you go to school or you go to work, and you're like, I hope they think this is cute. You've already lost. Because what's cute next month changes. Or if you go, man, I got to drive this vehicle. Or if I could just have this. Or if I could have my own place over here. And if I could do this, you've already lost. Fulfillment, true fulfillment, true peace, true comfort is only found as a child of God. And if you want to keep looking for other things to provide that for you, it's not going to work. It will not. There's a lot of us who are looking for how do we make another buck rather than looking at how to be a servant of Jesus. How do I get to retire a year earlier rather than being a steward of the mystery of God? I I just I won't ever retire. I won't. I mean, my job will probably shift here and there, right? But like, I just won't retire. Listen, I'm a servant of the Almighty. I stink at golf anyway. (laughs) 
And so you're either evaluating yourself based on what other people think. That's why I've, right, you know this. Before my kids ever came out of the womb, I was praying that they would be who God designed them to be rather than what others expect them to be. Before they ever came, I have prayed that for my children every single day of their life. That's the evaluation that we have to look at. Here, Galatians 1.10, here's the reality of it. It's for, am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. What that tells you is you can't be a servant of Christ in your identity and then care about the evaluation of men. Cannot happen. I'm just letting you know that's the word of God. Can't happen. Well, they don't think that this makes sense, that this is logical, that I'm going to uproot everything that I have and I'm going to go over here because God's calling me. They don't think that, like, how is God going to provide? Didn't he provide me with his previous job? Maybe he provided with your previous job so that now you can have the means and the confidence and the courage to surrender your life fully to Jesus Christ so that you can serve him faithfully. We need to start justifying reasons to be obedient rather than finding justification of why we can live selfishly. Here's another way to think about it. People should be evaluating us as servants of Christ, but also as stewards of the mystery of God, which means they're really evaluating our character and our integrity. Those are, we, we use the words a lot, but those are big words, character and integrity. The definition of integrity refers to the consistency of a person's character. So listen to this. The definition of integrity refers to a, the consistency of a person's character or action. You're the same person all the time because you're always a child of God. No matter what you're doing, you're the same person. This is how I refer to it, right? What are these? That's it. Good job. Here's the thing with the crayon. Is when you, some of these are really large crayons, and if your kids complain about church today because they don't have crayons, I might have just gone back there. I didn't ask anybody, and I took them. <laughs> <laughs> the things I get away with. Um, this is your desire as a servant of Christ. Be a crayon. Here's why I say it. Some people, they come to church on a Sunday morning. They're like, oh, yeah, I love Jesus. Let's worship something that's got really good drums on it. And we can get going. It'll be great. And then you go live for yourself. Nothing's really shifted. So when difficulty comes or hardship comes, you end up being exposed and you're different on the inside than you are on the outside, the way you previously presented yourself. But if you're a crayon, you're the same thing through and through. Now, some of you, me breaking this crayon, sent you into a place of panic. <laughs> you need to find your identity in Jesus.
we don't have nearly enough people who are the same color through and through. Right? You see them on a Saturday and you're like, they're a Christian? And then here they are Sunday morning. Let's go. But if you're a servant of Christ, a steward of the mystery of God, that's your identity. And your evaluation is on who God has said that you already are rather than on what others think of you. Then you can be the crayon. You following me on this? And the other thing that's truly impacted by this and the understanding that we need to, un- to, to kind of unfold and unwrap is that if we are trying to, to build and to be found faithful, remember, we are the building. And if the temple of God also in chapter 3, that'll also be in chapter 6 and chapter 7. But if we're the temple of God and we're trying to be found faithful, that means what? Our identity is in him. Do you find your identity as a servant, as a steward? These are good questions for you to go ask your family and your friends later on. Is your identity as a servant or as a steward? That's all that Scripture's saying here. And if it's not the answer, that's why you're struggling. Because if it's not the answer, the evaluation is actually pre- being determined by others or even yourself. The Scripture says, I'm not here to do that. It's only God. It says, I should be, I'm not going to be judged by you. It says, it's the Lord who judges me. The end of verse 4. It's the Lord who judges me. The evaluation is on Christ, not on others, not even myself, because I myself will mess up too. Some of us are living in, that's why so many are living with so much anxiety and so much just depression. It's because we're evaluating ourselves based on what we think we should do or what others feel of us rather than Christ. I could share an article with you from this week from the CDC. Scary numbers. 45% of young ladies today have contemplated suicide. And they say if we just do better education, it'll all be fixed. No, if we find fulfillment in Christ, it'll all be fixed. So we know that we need to have our identity in Christ as a servant. We know that our evaluation should be through Christ and by Christ because then we can know what it is to have the proper attitude. If you want to be found faithful, you need to know what your identity is coming from, who it is. You need to know where evaluation is found, and you need to have an attitude that is reflective of Christ Jesus. Here's the word of God. It is the Lord who judges me, into verse 4. Verse 5 says, Therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Now, this goes back to chapter 3. Remember last week where it talks about the fire? At the end, it will be revealed if your life is living for Jesus or not. Some of you are building with the wrong things. You're wanting to be found faithful, but you're building with what? Hay, straw, right? And not on the good stuff. Gold, silver, precious stones. All of you remember this from a week ago? Please say yes. Thank you. You're building on the wrong things. But 
Then he continues on, verse 6 and following. He says, I have applied all these things to myself and to Apollos for your benefit, brothers. Now, right away, one of the things that we start looking at is this is referring to these teachers, Paul, Apollos, to other leaders. We know that leaders are going to be more, judged more strictly. I'm going to be judged more strictly than others. You can find that in James chapter 3, verse 1. All right? Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that he that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Yay for Joel. All right, great. But our attitude toward this matters as well, because then he says, I've applied all these things to myself and to Apollos for your benefit. We know we're going to be held to a higher standard, but that you, I'm applying this so that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up, arrogant, or prideful. That's what puffed up means. Some of you are arrogant and prideful because you're finding confidence in what others think of you, what the world thinks of you. And so that's a false pretense of pride. You get built up and you feel really good because you're like, look at me. I got this now. It's so cool. I drive a minivan. And you think it's awesome. But then all of a sudden the society changes their view on minivans. And so all of a sudden you're all distraught again. And now that pride that you felt before, that ego that you felt before, that feeling of being, being puffed up is now actually, that's why we said they're twin sisters, is actually being lived out as insecurity. And now you don't feel any good because the evaluation of others shifted. Hello. And so you feel like you're constantly going around the toilet bowl. We better learn not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be arrogant or prideful of one against another. This person is greater, and their evaluation of me is greater, so I'm going to look at that for another person's evaluation of who I am. And it tells us, 1 Corinthians 3.21, let no one boast in themselves. I did it last week. Let no one boast in themselves. And you're getting puffed up. He's looking at the church then. They're starting to buy in. Remember, I gave you the summary of all this. Remember, sexual immorality, all these things. They started looking at the world around them, and that was feeding into their evaluation of self. And they didn't like what it meant. So they started buying into the evaluation of the world and to other people. And as a result, they started falling apart. And they started to grumble. And they started to complain. And they wanted what they wanted. Why can't I get what I want? And he's going, you're getting arrogant. You're getting puffed up. And we know that pride is a cancer. And here's one of the things that pride being puffed up does. It distorts your view. It distorts. It's a key word here. It distorts. 46 years before Jesus Christ, who helped to come and reestablish the city of Corinth? Rome. Contextually, this is where you have to understand, Rome considered pride to be a virtue. Humility to be a weakness. So they had bought into this. I'll give you a few verses though, very quickly about pride and humility. Proverbs 21.4. Proud heart produces sin. Proud heart produces sin. These aren't going to be up there. Some will, some won't. Proverbs 16.5. Proverbs 16.5. says that the Lord detests, I love that word, the Lord detests a proud heart. Pride can come from feeling good about the wrong things. The Lord detests a proud heart. Wow. 
Colossians 3.12 says that we are to put on humility. 1 Peter 5.5 says that we are to be clothed in humility. Ephesians 4.1 and 2 says that we should walk in humility. Put it on, clothe yourself with it, walk in it. Otherwise, you'll become prideful. Matthew 23, verse 12, right here for you on the screen. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. James 4, 6, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I could do this a long time. Our goal... is to be found faithful. And if our goal is to be found faithful, that means our identity as a servant, as a steward. And that we care far more about the evaluation of Christ when he sees our lives than we care about the opinion of others and what they might say about our new haircut. If someone, if you're a friend, if you have a good friend who you're constantly thinking about what will they think, evaluate whether or not they are a friend. Because if you have a friend that is in Christ, they will point you to Jesus, not toward their opinion and what they think. That deserves an amen. We get to carry his attitude with us. One of humility, not of pride. Not of pride. Is that you? Consistent. Through and through. A child of God. Servant of Christ a steward of his mystery. There's nothing greater. So Lord, we worship you and we praise you. May we be found faithful as a servant of Christ, a steward of your mystery. Thank you, God, that really all I need to do is be concerned with what you think of me and nothing else. May I carry your attitude. One of humility, knowing that I'm unworthy. But I have a Messiah. In Christ's name.